0: Welcome to the Andrea K Show.
1: It's all I want. She's
0: blonde, five foot two.
1: It's all I need, yeah.
0: And one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K.
1: This is my America. Ooh yeah, living proud and living free. Woo-hoo! This okay. is my America. There's
2: nowhere I'd rather be. Welcome to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Is it hump day? Yeah, I guess it is. And here i had been thinking all day that it was Thursday because that's how much I was already looking forward to the weekend. Hey, glad to have you guys here with me tonight, whatever day of the week it is. It's always a joy hanging out with you guys, whether you're listening in your cars on the app via the stream at TheAnswerSanDiego.com or via our Facebook Live right now at The Answer San Diego Facebook page. Hey, write this number down, 888-344-1170. We have a problem with young men in this country, the troubled young man syndrome. And I'm going to want to, I'm going to ask you guys in a little bit, we've got Dr. Carol Lieberman, the terrorist therapist who's going to be with us after the first break to weigh in on whether or not this new... Uh, I don't want to say movement, but the rise of the troubled young man is this something that could be prevented? Is it a cultural issue, and therefore something that could be prevented, or is it? Or, or and if not, is there? If they're not able to be prevented, are they fixable? Can we fix these troubled young men who are a danger to themselves, their families, and to others? So definitely stay tuned for that segment. There's also breaking news coming out of Uvalde. Who remembers Uvalde? And the obvious cover-up that's been taking place ever since, and of course, since then, we've had now, we're up to 309 mass shootings in the United States of America. So who's who's remembering right now the cover-up, or who's uh, have Americans already forgotten the cover-up that was taking place in Uvalde and the police there? Well, I guarantee you, the families of the 19 children who died have not forgotten what happened, and I haven't forgotten either. And I've been watching this story, and there's breaking news today that I'm going to share with you guys. Before we go on any further, i got to bring in my man who's with me every night. Night of the week, my partner in crime, so to speak, and that is none other than DJ Potato Skins.
0: Unanimous Potato. That's the rare unanimous Potato. DJ Potato Skins. DJ Potato
1: Skins. Hey, 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 Andrea.
2: Hey, hey, hey. Um, okay, so um, I've been saying for a while now on the show, going back since Parkland, that we do not have a gun problem in this country. We have a cultural problem in this country. And as I said the, the uh, in my open uh, night before last, I said, we here's what we knew before we knew anything. What we knew before we knew it. And, and I laid out the profile here. You know, troubled young man coming from a home in which it was plagued with issues, um, no job, no friend circle, you know, the typical typical prototype that we see going on right now. That's really the issue. And I put forth that this type of troubled young man, as it's being called, has been by design, that he's been designed by the the Democrats as part of their cultural Marxist movement. I've already asserted that with you guys time and time again. We've removed God from society, removed God from the home, the destruction of the family, what's going on in our schools, in our media, our entertainment, and beyond And But the left doesn't want to acknowledge any of that. They don't want to acknowledge the addiction to violence in terms of gaming, the devices, etc. No, from Uvalde to Parkland to Buffalo and beyond, it is always about gun control. And they don't care what the details are. They don't care, like in Uvalde, how how those 19 children could have been spared. They don't care how the victims in... Highland Park could have been spared, could have been spared. In fact, they don't even want you to know that all Highland Park is, is a suburb of Chicago who has on average 63 people shot every weekend in Chicago in an area that has the greatest amount of gun control that we've got in society. In fact, Highland Park, I think I mentioned this last night. They have some of the greatest gun control policies in place, including bans on what they call assault weapons as well as high-capacity magazines. And they're continuing to gaslight the American people that somehow one additional gun control measure would have stopped this from happening when they know that that's not true. In fact, I want you to listen to the mayor of Highland Park spewing this kind of insanity to the American people. Skins, please play clip two. Uh
1: Passage of the assault weapons ban
2: and large capacity magazine ban that we put through in 2013 should be a template for others. And I've been working since 2018 to get the state of Illinois to allow other cities to have that opportunity through a weird twist in the way that we were able to do that. There was only a 10 day window for cities in Illinois to pass assault weapons bans. I mean, it's um, it, it would be funny if it wasn't so tragic, Skins. Then she's talking about our, our our assault weapons ban should be a template everywhere, except one little problem. It didn't work. Just like it hasn't worked anywhere where the gun control measures have taken, have taken effect, right? Just like in California with the San Bernardino shootings, New York City and beyond. And the American people are wise to this. That's why I, I read a stat today that at, at 1 million uh, new handgun purchases have taken place in the United States just, I think, in the past, I think it was 90 days. The American people see this crime wave that's happening across the country, and they're they're realizing that that not only is gun control measures and gun laws restricting the rights of law-abiding citizens, not the solution, how about you being able to defend yourself? That's the real measure that we need to be. Uh, we need to be considering in this country. Although I don't know, this dude went up on a roof and started picking people off. We've got like I, like I mentioned earlier, we've got Dr. Carol Lieberman who's going to be with us after the next break to talk about from a, from a cultural standpoint what is going on with this rise of these troubled young men. Can that can that be prevented? If so, how? And can it be fixed? And many people say that it cannot. Well, let me tell you, the solution is not gun control. It it, it has not worked anywhere it's been implemented, and I'm tired of the gaslighting. Speaking of gas one of the things that i mentioned in terms of the democrats creating this template for the troubled young man see they love they love manufacturing crises because then it gives them a justification to take your freedoms away and so the the every aspect that i already laid out in terms of the template that created these young men one of the aspects had to do with the the rise of the the divisions in our country, the um, hatred that's been fostered between citizens in this country, the hatred towards this country that has been fostered by the left. One of the first things Obama did when he took office was to p- begin pitting Americans against each other, falsely accusing the Boston police of racism, right? Saying if I had a son, he would look like Trayvon. He was supposed to unite America and he immediately began dividing. And that included taking it into the schools, and fostering division and hatred amongst our citizens in, 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 in the schools. So we know that we've got a problem with the discourse in this country. We know that we've got a problem with violence. We know we know that even, even as conservatives that we can't even get on social media where we're not being attacked by people calling us names. I mean, the, the discourse in this country, it, it has gotten to a place to where, and social media has allowed us to become coarse as a society to the point to where um, it, it, it's, it's been the perfect tool and the perfect weapon by the left to continue to, to increase the hatred among us as citizens. I want you to listen to some more gaslighting from the mayor of Chicago, who is is addressing the issue, which is a very real issue, of the toxicity of our public discourse. Um, Skins, please play. This is clip three. The people
1: who are acting so brazenly have no, not only no respect for themselves, but they don't have respect for an institution like the police department, who men and women every single day on every watch are literally risking life and limb for our safety. The toxicity in our public discourse is a thing that I think we should all be concerned about, right? And it's ironic, obviously, that we're having this conversation and what happened on Independence Day. You know, we're not like, a lot of other countries where uh, independence their version of independence day is marked with you know tr- uh, troops and tanks and no what we do in the United States is we come together as a community
2: <laughs> come together who's believing that the democrats in particular this democrat mayor of chicago is about coming together is about unity She's right, though, but in terms of tearing down institutions and fostering hatred towards institutions. In fact, let's play another clip by that same woman, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, talking about the Supreme Court and none other than Justice Clarence Thomas. Skins, please play clip four. If you
1: read Clarence Thomas' concurrence, he said, thank you. Clarence Thomas. He said,
2: What she was saying there that had to be bleeped over was um, it's it's the letter in the alphabet before G. Clarence Thomas. So she's right. We've got a toxicity of discourse problem in this country and it's being led by the Democrats. Now, I'm not going to tell you that, that conservatives have, haven't have been ugly at times. We have. The discourse has has gotten bad in this country. But as as, but I'm not aware that it's Republicans that have been outside Supreme Court justices homes trying to threaten and intimidate them. I'm not aware of a Republican trying going and trying to shoot up a baseball field full of Democrats. I'm not aware of it being a Republican that showed up wanting to assassinate a Supreme Court justice. Of the 309 mass shootings, have one of them been an NRA member? Have one of them been a Republican? Have one of them been MAGA? I don't think so, Skins. The hatred that's been fostered in this country has absolutely been by design, and I believe that it's a part of why we do have a young troubled man problem in this country. Absolutely. When you take God away from from society, you know, um, take it out of the homes, destroy the family, tell them all day long that they have no hope in this country, it's the worst country, this country's evil, it's terrible— now he's this this dude is twenty, so he's coming right out of the Obama era Department of Education. Tear down this country all day long. Talk about how you know he had and he had recently been visiting a synagogue. I think he was uh, on Passover. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to talk to uh, Dr. Carol Lieberman. I'm curious to get her perspective on whether or not this phenomenon that we've got going on right now. Are they, can, can it be, pre, am I wrong? And is it just that these young men are wired a certain way and there's nothing that can be done to prevent it? And therefore, there's nothing that can be done to fix it? We're going to pose that question to Dr. Carol Lieberman. So don't go anywhere. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170. The answer, San Diego.
0: Andrea K., the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer, San Diego.
2: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Can these troubled young men, shooters, those that are going in, around and committing acts of, of mass shooting, can they be prevented? Can they be fixed? Joining me now to discuss what was going on in the minds of mass shootings like the 4th of July shooter, Bobby Cremo, is Dr. Carol Lieberman. She's America's psychiatrist, host of Dr. Carol's Couch on voiceamerica.com and the Terrorist, Therapist podcast terrorist therapist podcast and she's been on the show before and i uh, appreciate her perspective so much hi dr carol lieberman welcome back to the andrea k show
1: hi there thank you
2: okay so um it's interesting because after i asked to have you on the show tonight i saw um someone who was trending on twitter the cartoonist dilbert scott adams and he tweeted out that um he He had a son who had died from a drug overdose. And here was his tweet today, and it's perfect fitting for your analysis tonight. And it became very controversial on Twitter today. He tweeted out, When a young male, let's say 14 to 19, is a danger to himself and others, society gives the supporting family two options. One, watch people die. Two, kill your own son. These are your only two options. I chose number one and watched my stepson die. I was relieved he took no one else with him. If you think there is a third choice in which your wisdom and tough love, along with government services, quote, fixes that broken young man, you are living in a delusion. There are no other options. Your thoughts?
1: Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wow. If that isn't uh, denial and... uh... Well,
2: I would like you know, to think, Dr. Lieberman, that uh, that parenting actually and the, and the environment around a child and their upbringing actually can prevent them from becoming a mass shooter. I would also like to think that there are options that when they've been identified as somebody who has violent, homicidal, or suicidal ideation, that there might be actually a fix.
1: Yes, yes and yes. Um, first of all, if someone is identified as he was, um, Robert Cremo, you know, in 2019, the family called them, called the police to come to the house because first, for the first time because he was suicidal, and the second time because he said he was going to kill them all, the family. And, um, and what the police did, uh, supposedly was call some mental health professionals for either both times or one of the times, and it dropped from there. Now, You know, but that a danger to self or danger to others is the criterion for uh, admitting someone involuntarily into a psychiatric hospital. And that is what they should have done. So it's, you know, on the on the mental health professionals for not having admitted him. Uh, to a psychiatric hospital and it's against it's for the parents to have followed through you know either because uh they're worried about their son killing himself if not worried about uh him killing them and so you know to say that there's those are the two choices there's really nothing you can do is outrageous
2: well yeah and i and i and i'm glad you're on tonight because we need a society to understand that there is parenting that needs to, better parenting throughout the life of a child can actually go a long way to preventing somebody from becoming violent um, and, and killing others. As well as the fact that if you do recognize any of these symptoms, that there are steps and things that you can take and there are actual treatments and things out there. Will they, will they solve everybody? And, and no, of course not. I mean, we, we live in a flawed society and, we're, and we... Um, we're all human beings and there's flaws, but, um, I feel like that, that one of the reasons why I wanted to address this tonight is because there's starting to be more and more people who think along those lines that they want to justify that the parents, there was nothing the parents could do. In this case, the father, after the police had been called, because he was threatening to kill the family, and they confiscated weapons, no guns at that point. The dad turned around, and two months later, Dr. Lieberman, and signed yeah. off, sponsored him yeah. to get guns. That's bad yeah. parenting. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we, we've got to get people to understand, and, and I want to split it up with you. Let's talk about good parenting and how it affects the outcome of a young adult male first, and and what's going wrong with society. And, and why we have so many of these troubled young men, and then we can talk about fixes.
1: Well, okay. First of all, um, there are certain patterns to these mass shooters. And the first thing is a dysfunctional family, which may be where there's abuse or neglect divorce. Um, you know, his family, the more that comes out about, uh, Bobby Cremo, the more, I mean, it's overkill (laughs) literally, um, in, the, in all the things that were going on that were pointing in the direction of him becoming a mass shooter. But it starts with the family. And if they don't um, pay attention to their child and, and see what's going on inside them, then uh, and particularly if there is some mental illness, which um, Bobby Cremo has, and then um, not putting them in therapy, not keeping them in therapy, a lot of these kids have problems in school, they're bullied or they're isolated. And one of the key things and, and Bobby Cremo um, really is a, a good one to illustrate this, but this, all of these, these patterns started back with um, Colorado, the Columbine shooting. And I've been talking about this for years, but the, you know the first thing that happens when there's a mass shooting, the politicians go, "Oh, we have to get rid of the guns. It's not the guns, it's the parenting." Mm-hmm. And so then also he was a stoner. So, you know, that, of course, affects um, his mind. And then, but his, his obsession with video games is where I was going. He was obsessed with a game called um, Hitman. Mm. And um, there was a, a the star of Hitman is Agent 47. And you probably have heard, you know, he was fascinated with this number 47. He had it tattooed on his face. He had it on his car. Um, And some people were saying that, you know, it might have to do with July 4th, you know, putting it, transposing that. And that's uh, 47. I I don't think that that's true. I think it had more to do with being Independence Day. But in any case, he was obsessed with this game. And now it comes out that he was also obsessed um, with another video game, um, Call of Duty. Call Mm -hmm. of Duty has clips showing characters shooting from rooftops. Mm. And Call of Duty is one of the video games that really has inspired um, a lot of uh, violence. And so um, there's that. And then, you know, the and then apparently he was talking about uh, the the shooting in Denmark. There was a shooting where a mass shooter where he he killed three people. But and the father, you you know, talked about talked about with that with him the night before. But it's all these things. And oh, and also his his. music, his rap music videos, mm-hmm. um, really talented. It's really sad that, you know, this went in the wrong direction because he really was talented. 16,000 people per month, um, at least on some occasions, downloaded his videos. They were really good. and uh, But they had these clues in them, good in terms of, you know, I guess, uh, artistic, but they had these clues in them. Um, of, of him shooting up things, shooting up a classroom, shooting a street. I mean, you know, he, he couldn't have made it clearer, and yet nobody was watching.
2: Well, I think so, nobody, nobody, I think we're talking to Dr. Carol Lieberman, America's psychiatrist. Um, I think not nobody paying, nobody watching him is the key here. I think that we, decades ago, became, became, became a latchkey key kids society, uh, kids, no supervision, being allowed to to come home. um, You know, now we've got them coming home from schools that are teaching them to hate this country and hate their fellow man and hate each other um, and hate themselves. And then they come home where they've got no supervision. They've got no, no parentals, you know, uh, parents giving them any guidance, getting, they've got access to technology that gets them addicted, that was designed to get them addicted and that it promotes violence. And, and and it just it and it you know i exposure Just like exposure to pornography can change and rewire a brain, exposure to violence rewires brains. And parents out there, yes, and and parents out there need to pay attention to what their kids are doing. And you know, instead of talking about gun control, you know, maybe if if we've still got somebody at the home, kind of like Uvalde, the Uvalde shooter, I want to know how this 18 year old with no job got five thousand dollars to buy all those guns. I want to know what's going on inside of these homes. Just like those parents in Columbine had no idea that these boys were making bombs yeah. in the garage. Those parents, I want to start seeing some people of in uh, authority in the home where these people are living, being held accountable, maybe, for something that's going on, particularly when we've got an instance here to where these guns were able to be acquired because the parent signed off on yes. the FOID card. So we have a, we have a cultural problem in this country, and it's primarily involving the parents. And I'm tired of hearing gun control being the solution that I shouldn't be allowed to have a gun because some parent didn't do their job yeah. It's yeah, tough to raise exactly. kids in today's society, Dr. Lieberman. I get it. I've got little kids, you know, nieces and nephews in my family and I know how hard it is for people to raise kids today with what's going on, but that's your job. That's your job to do it. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk fixing because the other aspect of this is okay. Um we know, you know, what what the cause is, lack of, you know, we just covered that. The, uh, Scott Adams and others are saying once they get to this point Um, there's not really any, any way that they can be fixed, even if, you know, um, I'm not even at, at this point, even before they pull the trigger, is there treatment? Is there something that can actually help them uh, once they've been identified?
1: Yes. And the, the key is to identify them as early as possible when they're as young as possible, because, um, psychotherapy and, and medication for, you know, kids who have, uh, psychosis, schizophrenia, manic depressive illness, um, both of those things together, not just pills, you know, not just going and get a, pre- getting a prescription, but therapy and starting at a really young age. You know what? Another thing is that's going to fix it inadvertently. Um, uh, the parents or the, fa- the parents of Bobby Cremo got a lawyer and we know the shooter in Michigan, uh, the Crumbly parents are in jail. So Mm -hmm. I think that maybe when we start seeing parents of these kids being held legally responsible, that that's going to make parents wake up and and pay more attention.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm concerned about this. I'm hearing all the time mental illness. We have a mental illness problem. I'm not sure what the difference is or where the line gets crossed between somebody who's technically mentally ill versus somebody who just... You know, we've got a lot of creeps in society, wife batterers, abusive types, or whatever. And I don't know whether they technically fit the bill of mentally ill or not. And I'm concerned about that term might become, might become almost not an excuse. Um, but you know, there is evil in the world. There are just bad actors. There are people that just need to be thrown away forever and locked up instead of being given some, you know, like, like the woman who drowned her kids in a bathtub in Texas um what's the difference between mental illness and somebody just being a bad bad person
1: well you know when when we say mental illness i mean typically we're talking about psychoses um as i was saying schizophrenia and bipolar illness um but there's a lot in between you know parents like this who are neglecting their kids abusing their kids um, you know, having their kids go through all kinds of horrible experiences. It, it isn't necessarily that they are schizophrenic or manic depressive, but they are twisted. You know, they are, they have become sociopaths um, because of the way that their parents have raised them. I mean, sociopathy is a mental illness, but you, you know what I mean. But yeah. in, in other words, it doesn't have to be a psychosis, but there are lots of other choices. And it's, they all have to do with how they are raised. Yeah, that
2: that's really the bottom line is it comes back to it comes back to to parenting in the home. And that's something that as a nation, we've just there's been the the traditional family, the traditional style home, how the parents parent. We we we've, we're we a nation right now to where they're trying to tell us that there's no such thing as gender and male and female. That's how far yeah. away we are from mental health, yeah. it, mental health in this country. Seriously. Yes,
1: that is twisting our children's minds as well. That and CRT are they're in school, you know, besides what their parents are doing, their their minds are just exploding with what they're being told in school. So that is a big part of it, too, as well as um, the lockdowns and coronavirus, because, you know, there's this sense. And like he he this um, Bobby Cremo expressed this well in his in his music, Um there's a sense of purposelessness and hopelessness and mm-hmm. a lot of kids, not necessarily who were you know, raised in horrible homes, but just kids in general who haven't been going to school and who, you know, don't see things getting better in the future. They're feeling like they're in limbo.
2: Well, you know, one of the things that's been so abusive of children uh, in the schools and they, the way that they've been targeted as part of the cultural Marxist movement is to take hope away from kids when you tell them all day that this country is terrible and you know capitalist scum and you can't you can't achieve anything you know then then you're going to be depressed and then you know here, here we have it so um they're preying upon the minds of of young people in this country and i you know and i Yeah, I feel almost like I'm a little bit of a broken record because I've said this many times, but I'm not sure that I'm hearing it enough from leaders in the media, leaders in elected office, Um, after Uvalde, we had Republicans jump on board with gun control measures that don't do anything to to address the underlying issues. The underlying issues are cultural and we have got to engage in the cultural war and push back and stop being worried about whether or not somebody's going to call us a name for it. You look at the pictures of this young man with his rainbow hair and all this different... You know, he obviously was suffering with self-hatred and confusion and he was preyed upon by society. Now, he... is. He's become a monster, in
1: my opinion,
2: but I don't believe he started out that way.
1: That's right. Kids, no kids start out as monsters. Um, They have to be raised to be monsters. Yes, it is. um, You know, and I think the fact that it happened on July 4th, um, you know, I think part of it is he's given up hope of, of this country Mm-hmm. Um, going in the right direction, as have the majority of Americans.
2: Yep, we got to talk about that in an upcoming segment. Dr. Carol Lieberman, thank you for being here. How can everybody uh, listen to you and get more from you?
1: Well, one place they can go to is one of my websites, terroristtherapist.com. And um, my latest book is Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror. And, you know, primarily that was for radical Islamist terrorists. But there are more. There, there are other people causing terror attacks these days as well.
2: Absolutely. Well, thank you again for being here. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Now, y'all stay tuned because what breaking news is coming out of Uvalde, Texas? Are we finally getting the truth of what happened and confirming That 19 children didn't have to die in Uvalde? What are they covering up down there? Well, we're going to share with you when we come back. This is The Andrea K. Show on AM 1170. The Answer, San Diego.
0: AK, dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's The Andrea K. Show on The Answer, San Diego.
2: Welcome back tonight's andrea casio before i give you guys the breaking news out of uvalde texas i thought i would just do a little rewind to remind you of of how if you're worried about this nature the state of this country rest assured because this is who you've got in the oval office my friends skins clip one
0: and that's why we get the current crop of horrifically bad leaders leaders like this one america is a nation that can be defined in a single word
2: and foot him, uh foot, foot, <laughs> huh. Yeah, that's your daily dose of non-clarity from the dude in the White House. I don't understand America any better than I did. just understood it in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> if Saturday Night Live was even halfway the show they used to be, oh, they would pounce that, on that. Oh my gosh! And, and that's not a recent clip. That's that's from a while ago. There's just so much. So much material out there, and you know, it it, and it's hard sometimes for me to laugh because it's just such dire consequences. Going into twenty twenty four, they know Kamala isn't their person, and it's all up.
0: Funny, there's no way Joe's running again. No, oh, absolutely
2: not. There's no way that he can. You know, um, what I thought was odd um, was that Alex Jones on for the Republican side, he was he was trying to push Marjorie Taylor Green to run for office in twenty twenty four, which I just am not. On board with that. I think we need her in Congress where she's supposed to be. I don't think she's got a chance of um, winning a, a, on the national ticket or in, has no business at this point being the VP ticket. I think that was just probably for sound bites. All right, so Uvalde, Texas, we're supposed to be forgetting about what happened in Uvalde, right? we're supposed to be just uh saying you know enough is enough you know we got to you know that what happened actually in the hallways of Valdi doesn't matter um it's all about gun control gun control gun control in fact on the heels of Evaldi we ended up with the bipartisan gun control legislation that involved republicans and did it stop the July 4th shooting of course it didn't stop because it's not going to stop anything as we just talked about and and they're going to continue to try to cover up the truth as to Um, Every time there's a shooting and what's behind it in Uvalde, the mayor of Uvalde is uh, is alleging a cover up on the part of Texas Department of Public Safety. Uh, Uvalde Mayor Don McLaughlin said, I think it's a cover up Texas Department of Public Safety Director Stephen McCraw is covering up for. For maybe his agencies, and maybe he told the story he told that, you know, what do they say? It's always hard when you tell a lie that you have to keep telling a lie. I'm not saying he is lying. Maybe he was misled. Every agency in that hallway is going to have to share the blame. And like I said, again, I'll go back to when have you ever seen a federal or state law enforcement officer take their cues from local law enforcement? When I got to that scene, he said there were 30 to 40 DPS officers already on the scene. There's no excuse. Uh, for what happened. We already know that. Right. We already we already had some details um, like the fact that initially it, from the jump. Right. We knew that it, it didn't smell right. We saw a video coming out that parents were outside not being allowed to go in when we knew that the children were locked in, in a room with the shooter. So that that didn't make sense. We were wondering, well, what about the door? How did they not get in? Um, and and we were told, well, the door was that was left ajar. Then that shifted. Then well, the teacher shut the door and then it was locked. And but then we found out it was unlocked. And they nev- then we found out they never even bothered to check it. Uh, initially they checked the door initially, um, and then they had to wait for the key. Although then we found out that some halgen halligan tool that gets used to pry open doors arrived on the scene within eight minutes of the shooter. And they didn't even bother to bring it in and even try it. They made no attempts whatsoever to get those children out. We were told that they thought that they had a barricaded situation when children were on the phone with 911 begging for help and bleeding out three minutes before they finally got in the room. And now it gets even worse. At that point, after all of that was revealed, was when it became clear that this was a failure, quote, an abject failure. And now it gets even worse. Now we get to the real truth behind how bad it was in Uvalde. An investigation was done by the Texas State University's Advanced Law Enforcement Rapid Response Training Team. They conducted a review, and the study found, quote, several significant errors made by by law enforcement prior to Ramos enter- prior to the shooter Ramos entering the school. After Ramos had already opened fire outside of the school, an officer had him in his sights. Here's what happened. Ramos walked into the parking lot of the school after crashing his truck around 1130 a.m. and, quote, fired through windows into the westmost rooms prior to entering the building. A Uvalde police officer saw him outside of the school. Because, remember, that was something else people were asking questions of. He shows up like 10 minutes or so before he's in the school and he's shooting over here and he's shooting over at supposedly at a funeral home. Where was the police? Well, now we know they were there. This police officer saw him outside the entrance of the school. However, instead of firing, the officer turns away and asks his supervisor for permission. Quote, the supervisor either did not hear or responded too late. The officer turned to get confirmation from a supervisor, and when he turned back to address the subject, he had entered the West Hallway unabated. So he hesitated. Not only did he go to seek his supervisor, but he turned his back to an active shooter. In other words, not continuing to watch where he went. According to this report, Texas law allows officers to shoot would-be attackers in order to, quote, prevent the commission of murder. So this police officer sees a shooter who's actively shooting at a school and instead of picking up his weapon and shooting at Ramos, he allows him to enter the school and 19 kids die. And yet not one of them has lost their job. Aaron Dondo, the uh, police chief, has resigned from the city council, says that... um, After much consideration, I regret to inform those who voted for me that I have decided to step down as a member of the city council for District 3G. You think maybe you should sit down? Sit this one out? Since you and your people left 19 kids to be slaughtered? The mayor, the city council, and the city staff must continue to move forward without distractions. I feel this is the best decision for Uvalde. The best decision for Uvalde would be every one of you creeps who let 19 kids be slaughtered. Every one of you lose your jobs and your pensions and be prosecuted for negligent homicide and for your participation in the deaths of these children. That's really what needs to happen. John Gagliano, a retired FBI supervisory special agent who served on the FBI's hostage rescue team and as a senior SWAT team leader told National Review in a recent interview that the police response in in Uvalde represented a, quote, colossal failure of the incident command system. There's not a one of them that should have their job. Speaking of not having a job, we know the occupant in the White House shouldn't be having his. We know he wasn't legit in the first place. And the left man, they've been maximizing, sticking him in that oval to the detriment of America. We're going to take a break. Joe Biden went, his his poll numbers are so low. <laughs> <laughs> that he had to go to a high school in Cleveland today to try to find a friendly audience. And I think preschools next. Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned. We'll share that story with you and what he had to say when we come back.
0: Andrea K, telling you like it is, all while eating a donut. The Andrea K show on the Answer San Diego.
2: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Our house is on fire, say some Democrat strategist, and boy, <laughs> is it ever on fire. <laughs> it's like somebody threw a bunch of gasoline on it. You know, some of the 505 million gallons of gas or oil. Did y'all hear about this? While you're paying out out your hiney, anywhere between $5 and $7 or more a gallon of gas across this country because of supply going down, <clears throat> because of the Biden administration, they're sending, sending more than 5 million barrels of oil to um, Europe as well as Asia, including China. Correct me if I'm wrong, Andrea, but with the crisis we have, yes, crisis we have with gas in America, I don't think we should be sending any barrels zero to any other nations. Well, you know, uh, of course we shouldn't. And I'm wanting to remind y'all in case there's actually anybody out there listening to me that actually that actually is under the delusion that this is not intentional that they're trying to destroy the the wage war against the middle class by waging war on the oil and the gas industry. And Democrat strategists are absolutely hysterical right now over the fact that he's underwater in 48 states and approval rating the lowest, I think, of any president since the Jimmy Carter days, which, by the way, flipped my parents. That's how my parents and many people in the South went Republican because of crap like this, right? And it's actually <clears throat> happening again, too. Yeah, it is. One of the one of the Democrat strategists who's, who remained anonymous like what, they're going to Vince Foster him, Um, said that it's infuriating, our house is on fire, and it seems like they're doing nothing to put the fire out. They're just watching it with the rest of us. Well, that's because they want to burn it down. The entire goal was to burn down this country. What you're really upset about is that it's obvious. They want, to, they want to burn it down and build back better. <laughs> That's right. What they're really under the new great reset, as the, as the Biden advisor said it on the on the media the other day, uh, I think it was CNN or MSNBC, said, this is necessary to usher in the liberal world order. So you're not really upset that they're burning down the House, uh, i.e. burning down America. What you're upset about is that it's done in such a ham-handed way that it's obvious to the American people, and it's going to cost you in the elections. And as for Joe Biden, you don't exactly have your plan to have the first black woman president ain't working out for you because this is who y'all decided to put in <laughs> as as number Duh. Skins, please play clip six.
1: Um, got to take this stuff seriously as seriously as you are because you have been forced to have to take it seriously. The whole nation should understand <laughs> and have a level of empathy to understand that this can happen anywhere in any peace-loving community and we should stand together <laughs> and speak out about why it's got uh, to Madam Vice President. Yes
2: that that's that's Kamala speaking seriously. Have to take it seriously, Andrew. Uh, uh, yeah. Speaking seriously about this serious problem that's going on in these very seriously, se- seriously, in this very serious serious community. And seriously, what are we going to do about this? I mean, it's just seriously, it's just a constant serious word salad. <laughs> with this woman reminded you of a movie too didn't it well it did i'm glad you brought that up because i was telling skins earlier that who remembers the movie beaches i actually
1: do that movie.
2: <laughs> this reminded me so much of the scene when cece is watching on tv an interview that she had done with her friend's daughter and they're snapping beans and cece gets asked a question who is cece bloom and cece answered cece is a deeply feeling person she feels things deeply as a deeply feeling (laughs) and it was it's like we're living it's like we're living out a skit we're living out a comedy movie only the only the problem is is they are literally burning down the house they literally are we've got dave elhoff here for his wednesday segment coming up uh, at the top of the next hour and we are officially in a recession a recession is two consecutive quarters of negative growth and that has happened and that has happened on top of the fact that we've had the worst first six months of a year with the Dow and with our markets, I think, in uh, many, many years, if not, not decades. Davis, you think we're headed it, towards it, depression? No. Ex- yeah, it's really, really concerning times. But stay tuned because Elhoff, the financial thought doctor, is going to be here with some practical things that you need to know. So don't panic yet. Go make yourself a little something to drink. Get yourself a little snack and come on back because we will be here after this next break.